Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Female Footballers Podcast. My name is Cassie Gray, and I am your host. This week, we have a special episode for you all about what it's like to be a parent of a female athlete in our sport of soccer. We are joined by Haley Lucas, our mentor director, and her mom, Jerry Lucas. They have a wonderful discussion on what it's like to raise a female athlete all the way from the youth level to the international professional level. We hope you enjoy this episode, and thank you for listening. Hi, this is Haley Lucas. I'm the Mentor Program Director at Female Footballers, and today for our podcast episode, I'm joined by my mother, Sherry Lucas, um, to kind of talk about raising female athletes and what that journey has kind of looked like from the youth athlete to college and now uh, being the parent of a professional athlete. Thanks for joining me, Mom. Hi. So I guess I kind of want to start from the beginning. So what got my brother and I into sports. How did that come about? Well, I grew up playing sports. That's what our, all the kids in our family did. So it just seemed like a natural thing that when I had kids, they would play sports. And it was very odd because your dad didn't grow up that way. So his summers were not spent going from swim meet to soccer tournament or things like that. But that's the way I grew up, so it just seemed perfectly natural. Was there a certain approach that you took to signing us up for certain sports? What made you choose the sports that we played? Well, initially, I guess I signed you guys up for sports that I was familiar with and that I had played, but also just let you sign up for any sport that you were interested in because I just really felt strongly about you being involved in team sports. What do you think as a young athlete are the values beyond being physical and getting out there that you wanted us to learn as young athletes? Being a part of a team sport. I mean, I think it's really important for not only children, but as you grow and develop into, you know, teenagers and adults, that a team sport teaches you how to get along with others and teaches you how to follow rules, teaches discipline. Um, those were all things I, I felt that were really important, not as just a young child, but as a developing adult. And kind of as we got older, um, I started playing competitive soccer at age nine and I was a track athlete as well as a swimmer. But was there a point at which you felt that we should focus on certain sports or do you think that different young athletes should stop playing sports and kind of focus at a certain age? No, I I always felt that was really unfair. The further you developed and advanced in, say, soccer, which was really the more restrictive one, that they didn't want you participating in other sports. And I didn't think that was fair. I think an athlete should be able to play as many sports as they can juggle for as long as they can. And because I think, one, the cross-training, but also just getting away from the one sport. And having an outlet with another sport. Um, You were fortunate enough to continue track all the way through high school, which was great. Would have been fun to see you do that in college. But um, it was sad when you had to hang up your swim cap and goggles. Because it was just between track and soccer, there just wasn't enough bandwidth for you to do that. And I used to love yelling at you to win and go. And even though you couldn't hear me when you were underwater. 
And I know that there were some sports that we might have not been as successful in, um, my brother and myself. How did you kind of navigate that? I know that when I was playing like t-ball, like I like to pick daisies in the field. Like how do you help a young child like that? Or is it kind of you just let them do their thing at that age? Um, I think it, it there's some guidance, like you picking wildflowers in the fields while you're supposed to be standing in the outfield waiting for a ball it's kind of a clear indication that it wasn't what you wanted to do and when you I put you in dance and you did tap dance um and all you wanted to do was go to the Ross the recital where you got to wear the costume you didn't want to go to the practices in between just so that was kind of an indicator that mm, maybe this isn't the activity for her so and then I would just have a conversation and you would steer your other way. So is there a difference between raising a young male athlete and a female athlete at that age? Um, I don't know in general, male to female. I can only speak to you and your brother that you were really driven and like, you had your set, like, I want to play this sport and I'm going to do this. And your brother's was more of a social. He did the sports to be with his buddies. What do you think the most challenging part? And this can be youth, but also growing up. What's the most challenging part as a parent in raising an athlete and encouraging them and getting them to be their best selves? Well, the carpooling and driving everywhere. That was beautiful when they got the driver's license. Thank you for driving me everywhere. Yeah. To a real quick comment to all of the youth players listening, anyone listening, thank your parents because the amount of hours that they've spent in the car, whether that be driving us or waiting at practice, it's really incredible. Yeah, your poor little brother would have to do his homework in the car while you were at practice because I couldn't leave him home. So, um, sorry, I got distracted. What was the question? <laughs> what would you say is like the most challenging part of raising an athlete at those low moments that maybe athletes have? I think just trying to um, remind them to stay positive, reminding myself not to coach, which was always a challenge. And it took took a while to learn to not coach. I'm not the coach. I'm the parent. So I'm supposed to be the support group, not the trainer. Um, that's probably the biggest challenge as a parent is to let your kid just play and let the coach coach. And you... not have those. We've we had conversations when you were young in the car that we probably shouldn't have had where I'm critiquing your game and you're bummed because you didn't either play well or you lost. And we should have never had those conversations. I mean, that should have been the conversation. What flavor ice cream do you want? Not, oh, my gosh, why didn't you get that pass? So, so, yeah, that's like a big thing is like the car ride home can be so yeah. traumatizing for athletes yes. and like they dread it. Um, what is a, the balance between talking about the game and not talking about the game and kind of how would you approach that differently or what do you think a good balance is? I think I learned over the years um, just by, you know, being involved in it for so long. Also, your responses to car rides and conversations was kind of letting you lead on how you wanted to discuss it. Like, if you didn't want to talk about it, I learned we just don't talk about it. But if you want to talk about it, I tried to, I tried as you got older to just let you be the guide. 
and how the conversation went and how you wanted to talk about it. And it's really, really hard to keep my mouth shut and not add comments. Why do you think it's hard for parents to not step in? Because you just want your kid to be the best. And you, and because I played soccer growing up and um, ran track, I, I naively thought I had valid input and um, thought I could offer insight. And that's not my job. So would your advice to parents be like, let them kind of lead the conversation, let them do their thing? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Let the, let the, the athlete lead the conversation. And if it goes beyond what you contribute to, then find another person to do it. But pretty much it's just letting them vent or celebrate. And then kind of as I got older, like, did you think I was going to be playing college soccer? Because I know a lot of young. Oh, youth yeah, absolutely. From day one. That's why I was so hard on you. <laughs> um, I guess like young parents now, they're like, their kid's going to get a D1 scholarship. Like that's kind of the yeah. whole goal. Was that ever something that crossed your mind? Oh, gosh, no. No. Um, I That was like this winning the lottery kind of dream. Like you never, I never thought it would happen. Not because you weren't capable or had the skill sets. It just seemed like too dreamlike. And then when it started happening, I was like, holy cow, wow, this is so cool. So how did you kind of navigate that process? Like, what was your philosophy in um, helping a young and unfortunately, like how young it is, because I started being recruited when I was a seventh grader, eighth grader, starting to talk to colleges. How do you help your kid navigate that process without stepping in too much because ultimately it's going to be their decision they want to make and I know that was a big hurdle for me was making decisions and you didn't want to make that decision for me right so I think with you it was hard because um you were so young you know 13 14 years of age making this decision and I was you know I had to drive you everywhere um, to these interviews with colleges and um, kind of help you with the guidance of the emails and, and things like that. But I wanted to always make sure that it was your decision because um, it was your college career. But the only, the main advice I think I tried to instill in you was to not pick the school for the sport, but pick the school for the school. Because if anything were to happen, you needed to love where you were at. And, but when, like when your brother started the recruiting process, he was much older and he flew off on these trips to meet with these coaches and stuff without me. And that was weird, but he was much more strong willed and like, I'm, I, I know what I want. I'm going to do what I want. So while all of this college recruitment and stuff was happening, which is a very exciting time, but it's also a very stressful time. And around that time of seventh, eighth grade, I was transitioning to a different club team and confidence was something that I struggled with a lot, especially going to a higher caliber club team because I wanted to challenge myself and being around a new group of girls where everyone was so good. So kind of how did you help me navigate the mental side of the game? Because that's definitely an area that seems to be more neglected. We always talk about the technical and the physical aspects of the game, but the mental side is really what has been the most important part leading into college and to professional. So what would you say you helped me on that side of the game? 
I think that was really important because obviously you had the skill sets. You you were easily made the more advanced club team. You were starting to get acknowledged by college coaches. Uh, so you had the skill sets, but you did struggle now and then with confidence. You were now playing with girls who were all the same level as you and super competitive. And so you you needed to, you know, the strength in your confidence was something that I could tell you you're great and support you all I can. But I think we at that time we had talked to one of your like physical trainers who recommended a sports psychologist who was that was her area of expertise was dealing with young youth athletes and I felt that if you could talk to somebody who wasn't a parent who wasn't a coach that you could be honest with and had experience in the type of feedback you needed to give you advice it was worth every penny so we signed you up with um that sports psychologist at the time. And I think it really, really helped you in gaining more confidence and being more sure of yourself. And I think also just building skills that I still use, whether that's visualization oh, yeah. or different skill sets that we can kind of use as points of reference in our game. There were some cool things that she would have me like draw something on my wrist so I could reference that. When you, the time when you drew the little tack on your wrist yeah. to remind yourself to attack. Yeah, as an and outside back. Go, oh, Haley, did you get a tattoo? I know, and it was so weird. And I even did that into college, was putting that there and kind of reminding myself, and it was just kind of a visual cue to do that. But I think what was cool was you were kind of on board and supportive of those things. So you'd be like, did you draw your tack? And yeah. like cute little stuff like that. So, and those are things I still use today, like different reference points, because confidence wavers in every point of your career, even as a professional athlete. And then when you're no longer an athlete, you're also going to have issues with that in your career. But um, yeah, I think that's part of the game, something we definitely don't focus on enough. It's true, because you are, I'm sorry to say, my queen of overthinking. And it was nice to have not just me tell you, don't overthink it, keep it simple. Um, but to have her say that and, you know, and have a coach understand you when you started playing at the higher levels, your coaches got that you were that way. And they would say, tell you, don't ever think it, Haley, just keep it simple. Do you think that that side of the game, the mental side was talked about a lot when I was yeah. growing up or kind of what did that look like? Yeah. What did it look like with other parents? Did you guys ever talk about those kind of things? Um, not so much other parents but um i don't think so i think you had you had one director of coaching at um the youth level who who understood you that way and he would give you you know verbal comments and stuff about don't overthink it just go out and play um but i i don't think enough has paid attention to it at all the the predominantly male environment of youth sports um, focuses on the skills and the successes and the, and the times and speed um, more than the mental side and especially young girls growing up. I mean, there's so much of the mental side with young girls off the field that should be addressed that's not. And as a parent, when you see that how can you help? Maybe people don't have the resources to necessarily use sports psychology and things like that. What are things that parents can do or how can they help their children navigate kind of those parts of the game that aren't physical? I think 
and guiding your child growing up in how to be, you know, a good person and rights and wrongs and being supportive and how to succeed and help them succeed in school is no different than helping them succeed on the soccer field or on the track. Um, you just have to be there for them and for guidance and assure them that, you know, a bad play does not define them as a human. Um, a bad play is shake it off, get the ball back. Right. And then kind of going back now that we've talked about a little bit about kind of the recruiting, the early recruiting, um, kind of going into college, how do you help your student athlete prepare for being a college athlete and kind of did you know how to do that? What did that look like? How were you able to help me? Uh, I had no clue how to do that. I think we relied a lot on what your coachings, uh, coaches at the time and trainers at the time recommended. Um, never really had to worry about you putting in the hard work. And your future coaches, uh, college coaches also told you what they expected. So the whole physical side you had. Everybody told you how to prepare for the physical side and um, and what you needed to be aware of coming in. The mental side, much harder because no clue some of the obstacles you were going to see in college. Didn't have a clue that those would come up. And that was, that was a rude awakening. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was hard as a parent because... I don't have the connection with you on a daily basis or right after a game like I did when you were a youth. It was it was more distant. And so I had to be supportive from a distance. And of course, like playing at Cal, I had a successful career and it was mm-hmm. a very memorable and impactful time, both as a human being and as a soccer player. But kind of touching on that, when I was in those low moments, whether it was confidence or um just issues related to self-esteem or kind of maybe our team wasn't doing so well. How could you be supportive? Um, and how did you approach those low moments? Because they were different. Of course, at the college level, you can't go to a coach and say something to them. It's very different. It's like I, the players, the adult, they're the one who's doing those interactions. How did you help me navigate that? I think when you got to college, the my mindset on it more changed as this was a job now. you This was your employer and took it from my business background of, you know, this is your employer. He's your boss. He's paying you because you have a scholarship um, that you need to treat this a little bit more like a business and how you approach and handle things. And it's okay to go to your boss and say, I need to meet with you and I need to review films or, you know, it's just like you review your, your work with your boss and, uh, and just reminding you that when things got a little tough, just to do the happy dance in your head and just remind remind yourself that this is a four year job and you will have another job and that it, it can't define who you are, that you'll have different bosses and this one may be really tough. But you're going to have another one and you're going to know how to navigate it with the next one. I think that's something that definitely made the experience easier for me was definitely approaching it more like a job. Of course, it's supposed to be fun. It's soccer. You love it. But at the same time, you have to perform. It's a, it is a business from the college athletic perspective. Yes. If they don't win, someone doesn't have a job next year yeah. and that kind of stuff. And I think taking 
that approach made it less personal. It wasn't a personal attack on me. No. It was at times, if you're not performing, you need to fix that or else we're not going to win the game. Those kind of things. Right. So I think taking that business approach and of course, as a youth athlete, that's not something you should be doing. It's a very different thing, but going into college, if you're ready for that expectation that it is a job and the level of professionalism and expectation of you is much higher, I think it's much easier to navigate. Yeah. Because, you know, you're going into college and you're playing at Cal, which is one of the top teams in the country. You're no longer, you know, like one of the big fish on a team. You're on a team where everybody was the big fish on their team. So you have to approach it a little different. And, uh, that's that's the only way I knew how to do it. I know one time you said, I have a math class conflict and he won't let me change, you know, miss part of practice because of it. And you just didn't think that was fair, that his response wasn't what you wanted. And I said, I reminded you that his job was no different than the math professor. I'm here to do a job with these athletes or these students, make them successful, whatever. That was his job. This is my time slot, like it's the math classes time slot. This is my soccer time slot. It's no different. They each had their jobs. Right. And I think it's on me to prioritize both things in different ways and make them mesh. Like a, being the life of a student athlete is difficult. You don't get the classes you want all the time. You kind of have to juggle them. But I do think that balance of having such high expectations of me, both academically and athletically, has made me into the person I am and has allowed me to be much more productive and more successful as a human. So I guess... But on the positive note, you reworked how you needed to approach him for the math class conflict, and he came around and gave you that exception. For so sure. it worked out. But well, I think that's that learning a, how to talk to people. That was a learning people. lesson in how to approach him um, to get what he needed and still allow him to have what he needed. Right. And that is that working relationship of working with your boss and um, yes. getting what you need, but we're also allowing your boss to get what they need yes. and making that work. Has to be a win-win. Right. And so I think that the experience overall was great learning moments for me and very yeah. rewarding on all of those yeah. aspects. Yeah. And then kind of transitioning. So throughout my college career, getting older, becoming more confident, just gelling a little bit more because you're kind of in this environment and you understand it. What about when I decided, I think I'm going to try this professional soccer thing because his college career was going well enough to where that was a prospect and it was an opportunity that I never really thought about actually pursuing from a young age. I'm like, of course, that would be really cool. But it, does, it wasn't definitely the path for me. I had studied business and was planning on kind of progressing that way. But once the soccer part kind of came up, what did you think? Oh, like the recruiting process when you were little and that being the lottery, this was like, you know, I don't know what you call it, the, the mega ball winner or something. Like playing pro was like, wow, this could actually happen. And I absolutely 100% was supportive of it because you, once you left college and went out and started working and stuff, your chances of going back and doing that are pretty slim. One, physically, would you still be able to compete? And two, would you have the opportunity because you had left? So I thought it was an amazing experience that you could do that. And, uh, and the fact that you did it in Europe is incredible because you've seen so many different 
countries. You've experienced so many different cultures. I wouldn't have been to some of the countries I visited to see you had you not been playing. And so I, I'm, I thought it was the most amazing experience for you to have that happen. It was awesome. How do you encourage at the professional level? Because, of course, at every level there's highs and lows. How do you continue to support a professional athlete? Well, that one's hard because this one is really distance. And uh, you're in another country. I rarely get to see your games because a lot of them aren't televised. Um, so I have no idea how you played. So it is kind of better for you. Because you're developing on your own, you're playing your own game, you share with me what you want to share, probably share more about your game now than you did before because I don't see it, so you want to give me the highlights. Um, and now it's just like being your biggest cheerleader. I just think it's awesome. I'm. You're an adult, you're living in Europe, you're playing professional soccer, you're being paid. I'm just your biggest fan. Oh, <laughs> don't make me cry. <laughs> um, what would you say is the most rewarding part of raising a female athlete? Oh gosh, just watching you grow and develop into such a strong, confident woman. I mean, I don't have to worry about you. Like you're living halfway around the world and I don't have to worry about you because you are you've developed the skill sets to take care of yourself to stand up for yourself to um, meet challenges and take them on and yeah you'll still run into things where you go what do I do mom which is great because you still need me but I'm super proud of the woman you've become I love you. I'm going to cry. <laughs> I have a speed round for you. These are fun questions. Okay, good. Because I got to laugh now. <laughs> um, what, who's your favorite female athlete? And Besides why? you? Aw. Ah, favorite female athlete. I was always a huge fan of Brandi Chastain. Why? One, she's an incredible athlete. Um, I don't know. Just love watching her play. She just seemed fearless. And that whole... World Cup where she ripped the t-shirt off where that was like wrong thing to do but it was so awesome that she did I don't know I just thought she was cool favorite halftime snack oh gosh loved not kidding hated chopping up the orange wedges um favorite halftime snack I mean that's pretty much all you guys ever had was orange wedges or grapes at Cal we got gummy bears oh see but I didn't know that because yeah, I was back in the in locker the room yeah um, most embarrassing sports moment of your kids. Was there anything where you were like mortified by us? Besides you picking daisies in the outfield? Yeah. Um. It can be cool because I know I was really yeah. cool. There was a moment when your brother was first on swim team and it was taking a while to get across the pool and a positive parent came up and said, you need to jump in. He's going to drown. <laughs> And I was like, no, he's not. No, he's not. And he got to the other he side. He made it across. But it took him a while. Um, any advice for young parents or parents who are getting their kids into sports? Um, let them follow their passion. 
Passion wins every time. I mean, obviously you weren't a tap dancer or a softball player. Um, your brother tried soccer and he'd seen enough of it and didn't like it. So I think just follow the passion and the passion will not only allow them success, but they'll have the most fun. Thank you for joining me today. I really appreciate it. And thank you for being my number one fan. And I love you very much. Thanks, Haley.